Well, today is a day where we celebrate graduations and promotions and moving on, moving up, moving different places and, uh, and growing, doing new things and all that. And so um, today we're going to celebrate graduations, people who are moving on to their next step. So uh, we're going to play a little music here. And uh, then what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask anybody here who's graduated, we're going to honor you. And so uh, a little music maestro. And uh, so if you are, uh, we'll just start at the bottom. If you were in preschool, and, uh, and you are graduating to elementary school. Or if, uh, if you are, um, yeah, a little pop in circumstance. Uh, if you are, there we go. Um, if you are um, in fifth grade and you're getting ready to go into sixth grade, um, we're gonna wanna honor you. You know, if you're getting ready to go into middle school or maybe the most celebrated group, those uh, probably the, the uh, middle schoolers in eighth grade, getting ready to go into ninth grade, getting ready to get shoved into lockers and stuff. If that's you, if you're in eighth grade, going into ninth grade or the most celebrated group of all, the, the ninth, the 12th graders going into uh, the next stage of their life. And they're, they're kind of starting to leave the shelter of home, whether they're still at home or whether they go out somewhere else and work in a job or whatever the case may be, they're starting to move on. And, and there's people in here who graduated from an undergraduate something or other, whether it be a two-year degree, four-year degree, and you finished that up this year and maybe in December or maybe now, but you finished that up and there's probably people in here who are crazy enough to have finished some kind of master's degree or graduate work this year and you graduated with something. If you are in any one of those groups that I mentioned, and again, there's probably a lot of people that are next door in the kids section that I mentioned, but if you're in any one of those groups, I just want you to stand up. We want to recognize you this morning. So, all right. Oh, yeah. All right, don't hold back. Well, great job. We want to we want to congratulate you guys and just and just you know encourage you at whatever step that you're on in your academic career. Um, just congratulate you on staying the course and finishing the the race and and continuing to fight the fight and and encourage you wherever you're going to go. Um, but this is a time of for you graduates and for for all of us. This is a time of exploration. It's a time to move on. And I said do new as I said do new things. Um, and so it's also a time to kind of look in the mirror and, and evaluate, am I the person that God created me to be? Am I the person that is headed in the direction that I need to go? Because this is a great opportunity to redefine yourself, to make yourself look more like the person God created you to be, or to redirect yourself more towards the direction that God has for your life, right? So this is a perfect opportunity to refocus and to redirect. And so today there's, you know, we had a, a couple people stand up, but the vast majority of you did not. And so a lot of you probably heard, oh, great, the youth pastor's on the stage. They played a graduation clip. There was pomp and circumstance. Now we're honoring graduates. I'm long past graduation. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm checking out, right? And if you're checking out, I want you to just bear with me. This message is not all about graduation, um, but it is kind of rooted in, these, in the newness and the exploration and the taking the next steps. And so um, I just want to challenge everybody in here to the concept that we are all graduating from something, you know, whether it be something in our relationships or whether it be something at our work um, or whether it be something um, with our family or possibly uh, with our relationship with Christ. All of those areas are areas where we are growing, or at least we should be growing, because if we're not, we're dying. We're either growing or dying. There's no third direction, right? Um, and so today we're going to dig into the Bible, and we're going to look at a, a biblical character from the Old Testament um, that you may or may not know, and we're going to look at his life as he graduated throughout Scripture, as he graduated throughout his life doing different things. He rose from being a boy 
to being a leader of a great nation. Okay, so uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, we have Bibles here. Our ushers are going to come forward and, and, and hand them out. All you have to do is raise your hand. Um, if you forgot yours and you want to read along or if you want to take one of these, it's our gift to you. I know that the words in that book change my life, and so I know that they can change yours. So I just invite you to take one. But the guy we're talking about today is a guy named Joshua. And uh, Joshua is this, you know, we're kind of pick up the story when, you know, if you want to open your Bibles, we're going to pick up in Exodus 24. But let me set the stage for that. You see, Joshua is Moses' aide. And so most of you have heard the name Moses. Most of you would know who Moses is. He's the guy, you know, that uh, talked to the burning bush, right? The burning bush talked to him and changed his life. And then he went to... Uh, to Egypt, and you know, he said, "Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go." You know, he didn't say it like that, but the song does. And then, and then he said, and then he took them, and, and then he parted the Red Sea, kind of like the Red Soup. Where they go through the sea, and then they they go out into the desert, and they go across the desert. And he leads them the whole way. And remember, he goes up on the mountain, he gets Ten Commandments, and comes down. The guy I'm talking about, right? You know Moses, big, huge biblical character. That's not the guy we're talking about today. We're talking about the guy who follows Moses around and does whatever he asks. We're talking about Joshua. That's Moses's aide. And so uh, we're going to, uh, like I said, we're going to pick up an Exodus. Um, but whatever, whatever Moses told Joshua to do, he would do. So if Moses said, go into battle, Joshua would go. If Moses said, hey, go with me um, up on this mountain, we're going to go talk to God, Joshua would go. If Moses said, hey, I want you to go into this place you've never been, I want you to go check it out, tell me what you think, come back, Joshua would go. And he would do everything that Moses asked. His job was to obey Moses. And in the process of doing that, he was encountering God because Moses was this huge man of faith that was really following after God. Not that Moses was God, but Moses was following after God. And as he followed after God, Joshua was coming right along. You know, and I have to imagine that the teaching style there wasn't like, you know, hey, let me teach you a little, you know, like, let me just preach to you all day. And then, and then he would learn. It was probably more of like, hey, this is a teachable moment. We're walking along, something happens, let me teach you. And so that's kind of the, the relationship that Moses and Joshua had. Um, and so he, he got to experience this, Joshua got to experience this even as a boy. So we're gonna jump in to Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, which is on page 56, if you have those Bibles um, that we just handed out. And it starts in chapter, in chapter 24, verse 12. It says, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here and I will give you the tablets of stone the law and the commands I have written down for their instruction. That's the 10 commandments that were written down for the nation of Israel. That's what he's talking about. Um, then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back. Aaron and her are with you and anyone involved in the dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain and stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Now you might be reading that and you're like, sweet, that's a great passage of scripture. I'm never gonna go onto a mountain full of fire, so this doesn't apply to me, okay? But it does. And I want you to try and think about it as if you were Joshua, right? Your, your mentor says, come on, let's go. We're going to go up this mountain. We're going to go up towards that fireball and we're going to go talk to God and you're going to come with me, right? And so he's like, okay, I'm going to go. I don't really know where we're going, but I'll go with you, right? And so they go up the mountain and everybody else gets left behind. Now it's just you and your mentor and you're walking along and you get up there and then you get to the edge of this thing and you're kind of just hanging out and you wait there for six days. You're like, what's going on? 
okay, six days, I'm ready to do something. And they just wait. They just patiently wait. Um, and Joshua may not even have even known what was going on. But then the Bible says that Moses went on, and it doesn't clearly say whether Joshua went with him or not with him, but everything that I can read when I read throughout this whole section of Scripture um, is that Joshua didn't go. So that would, in, that would imply that Moses goes on up by himself and Joshua waits right there for him, because I know that Joshua's there when they come back down. So think about that. You're sitting there, you've been waiting for six days, and now your, your mentor goes and walks into this cloud that appears like a ball of fire, right? This consuming fire. If I'm Joshua, I'm waiting five minutes. I'm like, dude, he's crispy. I'm going back to the camp. You know, like I'm out of here. I'm not going to wait. And so Joshua is, he's sitting there and he's like, uh, he has a choice and he chooses to just obey. And so Moses is gone for 40 days and 40 nights. And so as I read it, Joshua is sitting there waiting. He's just waiting and waiting. He's probably getting quiet, maybe trying to think, I wonder what God's saying in there, you know? He's probably getting quiet trying to listen to God. And he just waits. And finally, Moses comes back. And so, you know, he trusted that God had a plan. He didn't know the plan. He probably didn't know, hey, you're going to wait here for 40 days. He just trusted that God had a plan and that he was supposed to be faithful and obey in that moment to just wait. So that brings me to my first point, which is that God's master plan is often too big for us to understand. As we talk about graduation and moving out in life, we all want to know the plan, right? We all want to know the plan. We want to know where we're going. You know, you want to know where you're supposed to be so you can take the steps to get there. Because if you know the master plan, then it's easy to follow it. So we all want to know the plan, but the point is that God's plan is too big for us to understand. Maybe school, maybe some of you who are in school, school has felt like that. It's kind of like, I don't know why I'm taking this, you know, boring homework assignment test again. Like, I cannot believe I'm doing this again. Or maybe it's at work and your boss is like, He's giving you some assignment or she's giving you an assignment. And you're just like, I cannot believe I'm having to do this task again, you know, or deal with this person again or that person. Or maybe your family's dealing with certain health issue and you're just like, seriously, again, why are we dealing with all of this stuff? Why are we dealing with these things? And so I think in order to ask the question of why are we dealing with the things, understanding that we don't understand all of God's plan because it's too big, we can go back and look back into Joshua's life. Um, now, Joshua has a whole book written about himself. So after, after uh, um, we read about Moses and Joshua, we read about Joshua leading the people. And so Joshua goes on to succeed his mentor and become the leader of the nation. So we're going to pick up the story in Joshua chapter 1, which is on page 149 in your Bibles. Um, if you if you've got the Bible, we hand it out. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. And I'm going to stop right there. I'm, we'll finish the rest in a second. But Moses is, Moses is dead, right? Now, imagine you're Joshua. This is your mentor. This is the guy you follow. This is the guy you've done everything with. He's your leader. He's showed you the path, you know? Your job was just to obey him, and now he's gone. I would imagine that would be pretty rough, right? I'd imagine you'd be pretty upset. And you'd also have to consider the fact that, you know, if this is your leader and he's gone, you'd have to wrestle with the reality that, humanity is is fragile and that we all die right and you'd ha- he he might even be wrestling with his own mortality and realizing that life is short and questioning what's my life going to be about am i going to make my life count is my life going to matter as i go out into the world and as i take the next steps and maybe it's graduation maybe it's something else as we move on in our lives is it going to matter because he's having to wrestle with the fact that the most important 
a human in his life has passed away. So we'll continue on. And this is God speaking to Joshua. It says, now then you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give, give to them. Great, he's got direction. Uh, it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is awesome, right? I mean, Joshua is getting ready to go out into the world. He's got direction, go across that river, take all the people across the river. And guess what? I want you to know, I will never leave you. I will always be with you. I will always be there. So Joshua knows, hey, God's got a plan for me. It's too big for me to understand, but he's giving me direction and he's never gonna leave me. And I think it's important that as we pull this back into our own lives, we have to realize what the scripture doesn't say because that's something that I think will help us understand how we deal with God and how we can relate this to our lives. So this is what it doesn't say. God doesn't say, okay, well, after you take those 40,000 people, and it was 40,000 plus probably, uh, people across this raging river that's at flood stage, right? After you get everything across there, then what I want you to do is I want you to make sure that all of your fighting men are out of commission. Once you do that, then I want you to understand that I've been dropping food for you for every day for the last 40 years for you to eat. I'm gonna stop that. And you're gonna have to learn how to cook and how to find food, okay? Once that happens, then you're gonna have to go and I want you to take over this city that has this really tall wall and uh, you're gonna make it fall down. And so once you do that, then you're gonna go fight this person and then you're gonna go fight this person and then you're gonna go do this and then you're gonna go do that and you're gonna take the whole country, you're gonna take over this land and then you're gonna uh, wind up in the end charging them to continue on in the ways of the Lord. That's not what God says. God says, I want you to go across that river. He doesn't say all those other things. And when we think about our life and where God is leading us, we don't know the whole plan. We only know the step. And so that's important to remember. Um, every time that, you know, uh, that I think about a step in my life, you know, if, when I was a boy, if somebody had told me, hey, you know what, you're gonna grow up and you're gonna, you're gonna work and be blessed to work in youth ministry and be able to help teens connect with Christ. If somebody had told me that when I was young, I would have said, nah, whatever. You know, like there's no way that God's gonna use me to do that, you know? But that's where I am. And it didn't, didn't happen overnight. It happened through a lot of little steps. And I don't have time to tell you my whole story, but there's lots of pieces to my story that got me there. Just like there were lots of pieces to Joshua's story that got him where he ultimately ended up, um, which was this, this huge leader in the Israelite nation. Um, so God kept honoring that. And so that brings me to my second point, which is that every step we take strengthens our faith to take the next. Every step we take strengthens our faith to take the next. And so when, when Joshua crossed the river, you know, and he goes, wow, God provided a way for us to cross that river. Then the next thing it was like, well, I know God said we, he's gonna stop the food, but I'm gonna have food. And so every step strengthened his faith. Every time he took a step, he'd look back, reflect on it, realize that God had done that, his faith would be strengthened, and then he could take the next step. And I found that to be true in my own life as well. And so maybe you're facing an obstacle like Joshua was today. Maybe you're facing something with your school or with your work, with your family, with a relationship. Maybe there's something with money. I mean, obviously money's tight for a lot of us right now. Um, with, you just have uncertainty about the future. These are kind of uncertain times. And so maybe you're facing that obstacle today. And you just need to understand that each obstacle is an opportunity for God to shine. It's an opportunity for us to trust God and just take another step. Watch him, 
watch him uh, do his thing. And as he does that, we'll be able to, uh, to have stronger faith. So let me question you today, what kind of steps are you waiting to take? What are some steps in your life that you're just waiting to take? Um, you know, it might be, maybe you, we all have sin here, right? But maybe you're dealing with a sin that you just are not letting go of. Maybe there's some sin in your life that you're just not releasing. Um, you know, I mean, it, it could be anything. But, but maybe a couple weeks ago, Mark talked about adultery and how that whole process of, of moving from being in a committed relationship to all of a sudden you're out in this, relation, this, this pattern of adultery and that it's a long process. And so maybe you felt yourself somewhere in that process and you're like, I need to tell somebody. I need to confess that. Or maybe you, you find yourself constantly talking about people behind their back and you're like, man, I gotta deal with this gossipy thing. I know that's not right. So for whatever reason, you have, you have uh, sin has been revealed in your life, whether through God's word or through somebody in, the, in some, one of God's people um, or whether you just know it because God's written on your heart. The step today is to look, at, to look at that thing and say, man, I might not be able to overcome that. You know, that bottle is too big to drop all by itself, but you know what? I can just take the step and admit that I have it there. I can tell somebody I have it. And, and once I've admitted it, I can begin the process of repenting and turning from it. So maybe today your step is to turn from some kind of sin. Um, or maybe today, as I say this, I say there's, there might be somebody in your life that hurt you. You got this, ooh, your heart just, somebody comes right to your mind. You've had, you've had pain in your life from somebody and it's just sitting there and it's festering. And, uh, you know, if that's you, you're feeling it right now. And you're like, oh, that, you know, I just wish that this relationship or that thing had gone differently because I have pain and I, and I want to get rid of it. Well, your step today is to just say, you know what? I forgive you because God forgave me. Whether you deserve it or not, I didn't deserve it. God forgave me. Whether you deserve it or not, I'm gonna forgive you. Maybe you pick up the phone and you just say, hey man, I know that this happened and this went down and I know that it, you know we're not gonna restore our friendship or whatever, but I just want you to know that I forgive you. I forgive you from all of that. And so maybe that's your step today. Maybe you leave it on their voicemail. Maybe you uh, write them a letter. But you do some kind of step to show forgiveness so that you can begin to heal. Because as you take that step, God's going to heal you. Um, maybe you're like me, and there, were, there was a ton of time where you were in church and you were living one way on Sunday, and then the rest of the week you were living differently, right? And your, your, your church life, you felt one thing, and your, and your non-church life, you felt another. And there was an imbalance between the two. And you were thinking to yourself, how can I rectify this? Because this is definitely what I would call a hypocrisy if I looked at it from the outside. How can I make this, this balance work? How can I just say to God, okay, God, I really do want to follow you and I really do love you, but the rest of this stuff, I'm struggling to get rid of it. Can, I just want to follow you with everything I have. Can you help me do that? You know, maybe that's your step today is just to say, God, I commit to following you. Maybe you've never ever committed to him. You never even made that commitment. And so maybe that's a step for you today. Um, if you've never decided to give control of your life to Christ, um, that's the most important decision that you can make. Um, and so maybe that's your step today. Maybe you've made that step and you're thinking to yourself, I want to obey him in baptism. And you hear us talk about baptism a lot around here and your heart's tugging and you're like, oh, they're talking about baptism again. I don't wanna deal with that. Like, I don't wanna be baptized. I don't want people to think whatever they think but yet your step is just to say, God, you command me to be baptized, to show everybody on the outside what's going on on the inside. And Mark mentioned it, we have a baptism service next week, and so there's no better opportunity for you to just say, you know what, I wanna be baptized, I wanna be baptized in the lake next week. And so all you have to do is just, that's your step. 
God, I want to be baptized, and I don't care what people think. I want to show them that you are Lord in my life, and maybe that's you. Um, or, or maybe it's a quiet time issue. You know, sometimes people have issues. Uh, I know I struggle to, to keep a quiet time, to keep a time where I'm focused on God. And maybe you've tried these big, like, huge things to, like, connect with God, and you're like, I, I, can't, fi- I can't finish the plan, and so I get discouraged. And so maybe your step today is just to say, God, I really want to communicate with you, and I want you to communicate with me, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm driving to work, I'm going to turn the radio off, and I'm just going to talk to you. I'm just going to say, God, this is what's going on in my life. What's up, God? I want to talk to you. You know, like, just having a conversation with God. And then there's, there's an opportunity for you to just say, okay, I don't know how to study the Bible, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pick one of these little books. I don't know. Timothy, for example, just pick it in the back and say, hey, this is a short thing. I think I could finish this. And, and as I, I'm, I'm just going to finish one of those little books. And so I'm just going to pick it up and I'm going to read. And whenever I get enough to feel, you know, like, okay, I've connected, I'm going to put a little line and then I'm going to put and close my Bible. And then I'm going to open it back up the next day and I'm going to read a little bit more and then put a little line. And I'm just going to see how far I can get. And as I'm faithful with that one little step to just read a little bit, I'm going to see God move. And I'm going to be like, whoa, I want to read some more of this stuff. And every time you do that, your faith is strengthened. And so I would just encourage um, you, if that's your step, to be thinking about that today. Um, Or maybe, maybe you feel like the young Joshua I was talking about, where you're stuck, you're waiting, you're hanging out, you don't really know what's going on, you want to know the big plan, but you don't know the big plan, you don't really have direction, you're kind of just floundering around there. And maybe what you need to do is look around for a Moses. Okay, I'm Joshua. I don't know where I'm going, but you do, and I'm going to follow you. And you're going to, as you run towards Christ, I'm going to get dragged right along with you, right? And so maybe it's an opportunity for you to find a, a, a Moses. And I would encourage us all that this is a very biblical principle that, that, that all of us need to be thinking about. If you've been married for two years and you, and you want to strengthen your marriage, maybe it's an opportunity to say, hey, that couple over there has been married for 30 years, and man, they love the Lord. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to invite myself to dinner at their house. You know, like, I just want to hang out. I just want to hang out and get to know you, you know? And I'm going to get some food on the side. So it's like, you just thinking about somebody who is where you want to be, who loves the Lord, who, who has that relationship, and just, just getting with them and doing life together. That's what Joshua and Moses did, and that's what I think we need to do um, as well. Or the reverse is true, and maybe you've checked out on me, and you're like, dude, I'm tired of you talking about steps. You talked about 100 steps, enough steps, okay? And you're thinking to yourself, none of those steps really apply to me. If none of those steps apply to you, it's because you're standing all the way over here, and you need to be thinking about yourself like a Moses, and you need to think, okay, who's over there that I can reach out and grab onto and say, hey, Joshua, come on. Let me pull you along, because every one of us can be a Moses to somebody else. We can all share whatever we have with somebody um, who's Uh, less wise in a certain area than us. And usually that relates to age, but not always. Um, And so I would encourage us all to be thinking about that. One core value at LifePoint is reproduction. And if you've noticed that, we are two churches, right? And I'm sure that at some point we will launch a third and probably a fourth. We are not going to stop launching churches. We are not going to stop reproducing. And in order for us to reproduce at this macro level, we have to reproduce at a micro level. And so as I talk about this whole concept of being a Moses for a Joshua, I want you to understand that in order for a leader to reproduce, they have to to just say, okay, well, I'm cutting bagels. I cut bagels on Sunday morning. Can you come cut bagels with me? I'll show you how to cut bagels. Hey, you know what? I'm in the nursery. I care for these little kids. You want to just come in the nursery with me and I'll show you how I do that? You know, or, or I'm, I love teens. I want to be in the youth ministry. Well, I'm in the youth ministry. Why don't you come on and I'll just show you how to do it. 
or a small group leader, or maybe you, you know, in the band or sound or whatever, tech, setup, all those things. Everything that we do, if you're serving somewhere, it's an opportunity for you to look out and grab somebody and pull them along. And if that's tugging at your heart today, if I'm saying that and you're like, man, that's the step I want to take, I want you to write down 2 Timothy 2.2. It's 2.2.2. 2 Timothy 2.2. Okay? And I want you to go home and I want you to read it. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to see what God's calling you to do. And maybe a name will pop in your head. You'll say, man, I never thought about, you know, so-and-so. I want them to, to go along and I want to entrust this to them. So um, we want to celebrate those steps. You know, I just listed out a ton of steps. There's probably other steps that I didn't even list, but I listed out a ton of steps. And if you're thinking, man, I want to take one of those steps. I want to repent from a sin or I want to uh, give my life to Christ or I want to be baptized, um, you know, or I want to I find a spiritual mentor or, or I want to be mentored by somebody or, you know what, I want to dig into my word. If you thought of any of those or anything else, there's a green card. Um, it's in, the, in your program. Mark talked about it earlier. On the back, there's some like little spots, you know, you can say like, I want to talk to a pastor. Um, you know, I want to join a life group. That's a good spot to find a mentor. Um, you know, I want to attend overview. I want to know more about Christ. You know, you can check any one of these boxes, baptism, becoming a Christ follower, serving. You could even write here in the bottom, hey, you know what? I don't have anybody to admit this sin to, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to write it down so that you can help me overcome it. That's an opportunity for you to respond right there on the back of your card so that we can encourage you, we can pray with you, and we can offer any resources that we might have. Um, just remembering that, you know, like even though we don't know the plan, we know just the little step. And every time we take that little step, our faith is strengthened to take another step, to take another step. And before you know it, you're 80, you know, 90 and 100, and you're looking back on this life going, man, that's a lot of steps. Man, that's a mighty path that God built behind me. Um, so we're going to finish this thing up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge the graduates, and I'm going to challenge all of us uh, with the same thing that Joshua challenged the nation of Israel as he was moving on to be with the Lord, as he had walked his entire life, and he had just kind of finished this thing out. He, he rallies all of Israel together. He says, I want you all to come in here, man. I got something to say. Come here. And he gets them all together, and then he tells us in Joshua 24, verse 15, you can look it up later, um, it's, he, he just challenges them. He says, today is the day where you're going to decide. You're going to choose. You have to choose. You have to choose is what he's saying. And you have to choose between what this world has to offer and what the God who created you that's brought you every step of the way. And he lists out every step. You know, we did this, this, and this, and this, and this. And if you look back on your own life, you'll see all those steps. So you have to choose between what the world has to offer and what this God who created you and has brought you along this path. You have to choose who you're going to be uh, who you're going to be following. You're going to be following the world or you're going to be following the God who created you. And so that's, that's this choice. And I would challenge you that, you know, you guys that are graduating, all of us, as you go out, the most important choice above all else, your marriage, uh, your uh, relationships, your school, your career, everything, the most important choice that you can make is the choice to daily follow after God. If you make that choice to do that, that little step of saying, you know what, God, I'm just going to flip this thing around. Instead of being about me, I'm going to make it about you and I'm going to choose to do that. That's the most important choice that you can make is to daily do that. So I want to I pray for, um, I'm going to pray for our graduates, but most speci- specifically, but I want this to be a prayer for all of us. So, uh, you know, as I, as I pray over them, I want you to understand that I'm praying over all of us, um, that this is something I want God to do in our lives. So, um, if you guys would, just, just, uh, just pray with me. Heavenly Father, you are a God who promises us that uh, though we may not know the whole plan um, and though we may not know everything, um, 
that you'll reveal to us the next step. And you promise us that you will never, ever leave us. Father, I pray a special hedge of protection around um, all of us, or graduates in particular, as they move on to their next level. Um, as we take our next steps, Father, that's a perfect opportunity for us to come under attack. And I just pray a special hedge of protection. Father, I pray direction that you would just reveal each step to us. And though we may not know the whole plan, that we would know that you were always there and that you're always comforting us, that you would raise up um, mighty leaders to guide us and to move us along. Uh, Father, that they would be leaders that were worth following and that we would be used to lead others. Father, we would find purpose in you, that we'd find purpose in, in chasing after you, chasing after your will, and that as we go and we we share love, the love that you put into us as we share it with others and as we spread that love with others that you would be right there just cheering us on. We would recognize that all of that comes from you. Father, I pray that in the future 20, 30, 40, 50, 80, 100 years from now when we're looking back on our lives I just pray that we would be able to look back and see a mighty path where, where we would just give credit to you of the amazing things that you had done through our lives because we made the simple choice to daily follow after you. And God, I just pray that today be a day that you would just strike a holy passion in us and a desire to choose to run after you. Thank you for your son and everything that you've done for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.